We are live. We're recording. You're there. I'm here. We're here. This is awesome. Good start. Man. All right. All right, friends. So for those of you joining us, um, I have a dear friend on with me today, Dr. Perry Nicholson. What are you doing, hey, brother? I'm doing great, my friend. It's really wonderful to see you again. It's been way too long. Oh, man. It, I don't know how many years it's been face to face, but it's been a while. You know, it has been. Is, yeah. When was the first time? Was it at the Rock Tape Seminar? Is that where we first met? No. Um, the first the first time was at Evan Evans Place in New Jersey. That was, oh, is that the one you came for the interview in that, at that time? Yeah. Yeah. I just posted yeah. a picture up of that. I remember I'm like, holy cow, man. It feels like yesterday in a way. It does. It was seven years ago. Wow. Different heard, world then. It, yeah, a lot of different stuff. It, it, it was seven years ago. And um, actually, I was kind of nervous, you know. I started doing these interviews seven and a half years ago. And Brent was my first interview because he's the only person I knew in the movement <laughs> industry. And, you know, it you really start somewhere, man, right? It's always the one. It's always the first one. Yeah, yeah, I thought, well, it was completely self-indulgent effort. I figured um, I just need to know stuff. I want to yeah. know as much as possible because uh, I'm not happy with, you know, not to diminish, you know, NASM or anybody. I'm not happy with what I know from a certification. It's like, you know, what do I do now? I got some, <laughs> some yeah. info, but after, even after three years of working with people, I don't, really didn't feel like I knew anything. Oh, I know that feeling very well. Yes. <laughs> so I, it's funny. I was just talking with somebody last night. I said, you know, the more I do stuff, the more I learn and I wrote a book. Another one's coming out soon. It's like, sometimes I actually don't feel like I know so much. And then I take things and make it all complicated when in fact it's actually simple. Well, that's a search for mastery, man. It never ends. True masters will tell you that. There's always something new you can learn. Or what I love is that you can you go back to stuff that you previously learned, but you actually maybe you unlearn something, which is just as important, or you see it in a new light, a, a new perspective. And I think one of my greatest mentors and, and friends is Coach Dan John, and he has a oh, yeah. wonderful gift of taking complicated things and making it very, very simple. Almost so simple that you say to yourself, it can't be that simple. That means you got a good teacher. And he said, well, hopefully when you learn something that you learned for, you're a different person this time when you learned it the, the, the first time. Does that make sense? So you're actually going to be learning something new from something you already learned because hopefully you've evolved as a person and your perceptions change. And now you'll be like, you know what? I can't believe I never thought of it that way before. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Me so. too. Uh, that's how I feel. Uh, so, you know, that whole, this whole interview thing is, it started out being self-indulgent um, with any, you know, figure, well, I can't get people to go out to have coffee with me or something. So I'll just interview them. So I walked out of Brent's office and said, you got to, because I knew him before I was doing any of this. We were both jazz musicians. So, um, and he, he's a great jazz musician. If you didn't know, he's a great musician, like top notch. So anyways, I walk out, I said, you got to give me names. Mm. 
oh, Dr. Perry and Dr. Emily. So I got in touch with both of you. And within the next three weeks, I made two separate trips, one to see her, one to see you. And it was like the best stuff ever, you know? So it's really, you've helped me a lot. I want to thank you, Doc, because you already know this, but how I feel about you as a human and, and what you do for people and how you are and helping people. I mean, this is our mission, but you've helped me a ton. Well, thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate That's that. truly kind of you uh, to say, you know, it really is. And, you know, so now we're friends. We get to, uh, I've met so many great people through, uh, well, the network continues to expand, as I know you know. Actually, I met Dan John last year on, on a, a thing like this. And I was a little nervous because I never had spoken with him at all. And he, like you, put me right at ease. And he's funny. He really is. He is one oh, of the God, best man. storytellers uh, I've ever heard. He's just got a really great gift for that. And that, that's what makes him a, a fantastic teacher. Because the more you get into teaching, you learn that humans learn via stories, not so much an information dump into your yeah. brain. Uh, it's actually the worst way to learn is just through information coming at you like a fire hose. And every time I hear him teach, it helps me up my game mm -hmm. because I always love, like you, you know, I, I love to learn. And when I see how other people bring themselves to information and how they can teach it. It yeah. really helps me a lot. It's, it's, it's not, what you learn is it's not so much about the information. It's the meaning behind the information. And that meaning can come from the delivery by the teacher. That's why you can, there's certain teachers in your past that you never forget, right? True, it, yeah. it wasn't the information that you said, oh my God, that information changed me forever. No, 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 no. It was the, the way it was delivered and the person that did it that changed it forever. Because I can get that crap from Google on my own. It's yeah, the, right. the story that I'm looking for. Um, and that's the magic. That's, that's the mojo. And he's, he's been one of my biggest influences for sure. Yeah, he's funny, man. We, I had a lot of laughs. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, you know, I, first of all, again, I appreciate you joining me, but I, I, you know, you've been doing some work with the lymphatic stuff here for quite a while, the lymphatic mojo. And, uh, in yeah. fact, I have the course probably came out a couple of years ago. It's like a two hour thing. And it's yeah, great. the online self-help video, right? Yeah. 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 I learned a, a lot from that. So, um, I was thinking maybe we can, cause we haven't talked about this in this, uh, in you know, conversation before online or on an interview is uh, just to get into some of this lymphatic stuff. And I have a just a series of questions, you know. Um, yeah. Actually, for, so speaking of stories, I'll tell you a story. So a couple of years ago, I had a number of stuff, things going on. I actually had malaria. Um, and then I had uh, hepatitis A. So, you know, no biggie. I'm over it. It's fine. But I went to the doctor, though, right? And I, we were trying to figure out what it is. And my son's an MD, PhD, and all that. And he's like, come on, you guys got to test my dad for this stuff. He was in the red zone from malaria. He was here and this and that. So bottom line is, I mentioned to the doctor, this is right after I took that course of yours. Mm -hmm. 
what about my lymphatic system? Yeah. And she just, so all of a sudden, and this is like an, an interim doctor because uh, mine had left and then I ended up following him. That's another thing. Cause he's really great, but I didn't have him for a few months. She just looks at me and said, well, you know, what makes you think it could even be anything related to that? Or there's, there's a problem with that. I said, well, because I've been learning about it and, you know, I just wondered if something that we want, you should, you should check out, you know, do I have any lymphatic stuff? Well, if you did, your legs would be swollen. Right. right. So I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Anyways, so that's my experience with a regular doctor who probably doesn't know much about it. And I'm not here to diminish the medical community. However, yeah. there's a lot more to it. And I would love for you to share um, wherever you want, wherever you want to start, tell us about the lymphatic system, maybe, because a, a lot of people are not aware of the system. And that we it's so important and you know the blockages and the inflammation and the lack of flow maybe take us on a little uh tour here of the system yeah well thank you very much for that yeah you know i mean i love to talk about the lymphatics and i could go on for days literally so I, you <laughs> got to make sure that you rein me in all right it's it's not just a passion of mine i think it's a calling of mine and uh you'll hopefully understand why when i'm when I'm done with our interview, but let me break this up two ways. And, and first of all, I'll tell you that the lymphatic system is known as the sewage system of your body. Like it's designed to get rid of waste, just like your sewage system in your house. You know, you flush the toilet, bad stuff goes out. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Your lymphatic system does the same thing. And then people ask me what, what kind of waste, like anything you could possibly think of. It's viruses, all different types, not just a COVID thingy, because there's just so many viruses you got around, but viruses, bacteria, parasites, fungus, cancer cells, um, you know, metabolic waste, which is just the waste of your cells naturally dying off every day yeah. so you can form new cells and that's waste and every time you physically exercise you create waste stress creates waste living on this planet creates waste and you need to get rid of that stuff if you don't get rid of it it stays in the body and when it stays in the body you become overly toxic and you can die like literally, if your lymphatic system stopped working completely, you would be dead within two days tops, mm -hmm. like wow. lights out. And, you know, that doesn't happen because you, know, you got, it just slowly begins to dysfunction over time, which we'll get into. And then you just feel tired, fatigued, sick, lethargic. You can manifest any number of symptoms that the body wants to throw at you because you're just toxic. And if you have the malaria, trust me, you have an issue with your lymphatic system because the lymphatic system is a huge primary player of your immune system. Mm -hmm. uh, anytime your body is fighting something, your immune system is going to be involved. Hard stop, period, zero negotiation. It just depends on how much of a role it's playing. So now that we know that, right? I'm not surprised that the medical community doesn't really look at it because it's not something that is on their radar because you only typically hear of lymphatic work 
in one case, usually, well, you don't have a lot of swelling in your legs or you don't have a lot of swelling in your arms. They think of huge amount of swelling, which certainly can be linked to the lymphatic system. The other big time you hear it is with cancer, because then they, we know that it can metastasize or travel through the lymphatic system. But if you didn't have either one of those things, it wouldn't even cross their mind as being any player whatsoever and wow. what wow. you've got going on, um, which is completely incorrect in my viewpoint because it's part of your immune system. Mm-hmm. And wow. so ha- now it's more like my story, like why I got into it. Um, and, and I'll preface it to say that I've been a practicing chiropractor and healthcare since 1997. And until five years ago, I never paid any attention to it either mm-hmm. because I didn't think that I really needed to. Like, what does the lymphatic system have to do when somebody comes in to see me for shoulder pain or back pain or knee pain? And, you know, I was doing a lot of musculoskeletal complaints at that time. Now I'm doing more autoimmune chronic disease because of my own journey. But um, when I was taking care of someone, I was just thinking, oh, nervous system, fascia system, muscle, joint, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nature has a way of sending you lessons through pain, suffering, and hardship. <laughs> and it did to me where I just slowly developed um, sickness via an autoimmune disorder, which they never really gave it a name because it just said autoimmune. And I slowly began to deteriorate and I had to stop practicing. I had to stop teaching and I was really sick. I mean, I got hey, really you, you bad. You shut down for a while, didn't you? A couple mm-hmm. of years I did. Yeah. I just started to, my whole body just went crazy, honestly. And a lot of infections and, uh, I had to go through surgeries and medications and I had a complete physical, uh, psychological breakdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at rock bottom and, um, I, medical community tried to help me, but in their quest to help me, you know, they damn near killed me at the same time. And so I had to, to find the answers myself. And then that's what led me to finding about the lymphatic system. And when I started to pay attention to that system, it, it all made sense to me finally of what I had been looking for. And I knew it because of what changed for me. And in a period of 30 days after I've been suffering for three years, in a period of 30 days, uh, I felt like 70% better in, in my body when I started to focus in on this system. Um, and I knew at that standpoint, this is where I needed to devote my life. And I, I've been like a crazy person ever since then, learning anything and everything, not just about the lymphatic system, but how that system interacts and works with all of the other systems of the body. Because the dirty little secret is you can't focus just on one system. Well, everything's connected to everything else, right? 
Well, we tend to forget that. We we yeah. do that as a big, nice buzzword all the time that we say, ah, oh, everything sure. in the body is interconnected. And we tend to forget yeah. it when we're actually looking at sickness and illness. We want to find one single thing to blame and go after and say, take care of this. Everything's going to be wonderful. Doesn't work that way. It's never, ever, ever just one thing. Never. Because the, the body doesn't work like that. Nothing works in isolation. It's, a, it's an ecosystem mm -hmm. where the systems have to work together. And even if you did separate them alone, they're never going to work alone like they do when you stick them together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the, that's the thing that we get lost in, in, in medicine. I mean, I love medicine, right? I mean, that's saving a lot of people from pain and suffering, but it also can't fix a lot of stuff. Um, so if you, if you take one thing and break it down and you look at it in a Petri dish, you're not going to get the same thing when you take that and put it in a living dynamic person that's exposed to a physical environment and the mental thought processes that that person is driving from their environment that they're in and that they have been in the past. It's yeah. not the same thing. It completely, it can be completely different. And then that's why we get lost. So for me, I was going, here's the interesting thing. <clears throat> you know, most of my issues came because I had severe inflammation in the body, uh, mostly in my brain, around my brain and in my gut. And, you know, through your Parkinson stuff, that's the gut-brain connection, the connection totally, to the enteric yeah. nervous system, right? Mm -hmm. And so my journey of healing began when I, when I learned the relationship of how I have to heal the gut. Uh, because I had a, a gut that was just destroyed from antibiotics and pain medications and all these sorts of things. And mm -hmm. I'm surprised I had any gut whatsoever. There was more holes in my gut than anything else. Um and I tried to go after that and it made a little bit of difference, but it didn't last very long. So mm -hmm. I knew that it was a piece of the puzzle, but there was something else that I was not looking at. And then lo and behold, I learned later on that the majority of your lymphatics in your body are located in your gut. Mm. So if you have a gut problem, you have a lymphatic system problem, but I want you to write that down because I'm going to stand by it until I'm dead that you can't have one without the other. It's not possible because when stuff breaks through the gut, the lymphatic system is the first system there to try to protect you with what breaks through it. Why? Because that's your immune system. Mm -hmm. And the majority of your immune system resides in your gut. So nature's pretty smart. She's not stupid. She's like, well, if most of my immune system is going to be in my gut, maybe I should put one of the biggest parts of my immune system there at the same time. Maybe put all this limp stuff right there. And so when stuff breaks through the gut lining, then the lymphatics try to take care of it and eliminate it. Right. Right. But what happens through time is there's too many toxins there's too much overload and the lymphatic system doesn't work as efficiently. It gets backed up or stagnated. Just like if you can't flush your toilet in your house or you have a backed up sewer line, that waste would stay in your house and I wouldn't want to be anywhere near your house.
question and, real quick. I'm sorry. Um, when you go back and talk about things breaking through the gut lining, is that like leaky gut? Are yeah, it's called malabsorption sort of? syndrome in the right. medical community, but I like to talk like real people. It's called leaky gut. So, I mean, okay. basically stuff is supposed to leak through your gut, right? But it, right. you're not supposed to have everything leak through that guy. When mm -hmm. it gets, it has very tight junctions in there that it lets some things through and doesn't let other things through. Okay. But leaky gut, you get big openings in your junctions and then stuff goes through uh -huh. and then the the immune system the body sees those particles that come in through your mouth as outside invaders mm, yeah right but, and they don't have to be bad particles either it can be healthy food that your body will consider an outside invader because they're not supposed to break through the barrier right, right. okay that's the tricky part because you can still eat healthy and have a lymphatic system problem and a leaky gut problem just because you eat healthy doesn't mean you're going to fix your leaky gut, right? And so they break through this barrier and then the body says, well, you're not supposed to be here. I have to protect Perry whatever way I can. And then the lymphatic system comes into play mm -hmm. and you get a lot of inflammation and swelling around the abdomen and the intestines, small intestines in particular, then you can get it around all of the organs that sit there too, and the colon, ascending transverse and descending colon. And then most of the time people will get puffiness and swelling, not just in legs, but kind of anywhere that the body wants to send it there. Sure. And it gets backed up and you become a toxic dump pretty much in your abdomen. And honestly, your abdomen is a toxic dump anyway. Because think about how much absolute horrific stuff people eat. And yeah. your cells can only make new cells based on what you stick in your mouth. So if you're putting crap in your mouth, you're getting crap cells. There's no two ways about it. <laughs> and if you have a lymphatic system that's backed up and stagnated, I'm going to contend that even if you put healthy food in your system, you're still getting crap cells because the surrounding environment around your cells can't accept the nutrients that you just put in your mouth because there's too much toxicity around the cells. Right. So for me, uh, that was my answer of why, if, if I changed my nutrition, I've changed my diet, I've done all this stuff, but I can't get better mm -hmm. because the environment that my cells are living in was still too toxic. Right. All right. And it was, they weren't able to get further, even though I'm trying to deliver the nutrients and the supplies that they need, they weren't able to make it to the cells themselves. Right. And so that's, that's the key. That's the key right there. And then that's when I started to work the lymphatic system. And one of the things that happened to me is over the, when I was sick, I became very puffy and swollen because of inflammation. And that's actually a protective strategy as well, because the body lays down inflammation to try to protect you. Mm -hmm. um, and I was trying to lose weight and get lean and by training and exercising and watching my nutrition. And I was getting worse. I was getting heavier mm -hmm. uh, until I did the lymphatic work. And then when I did the lymphatic work, I lost 30 pounds of body fat, swelling and inflammation in one month. It just dropped like a stone that yeah. way, right?
Right. And then I'm like, okay, there's something to this right here. And yeah. then that's when I decided it, uh, to dedicate my life to trying to teach others about this system, because I, here's the thing. I've been in the healthcare industry since 1997, and I had no idea about the role of the lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. And a lot of medicine doesn't either, because it's not anything that, that we focused on, really. It's changing, which has been really nice to see. Uh, but I said to myself, if I didn't know anything about it, there is no way in the world an average everyday person is going to have any clue about the lymphatic system. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. Um, and my son, who's always thinking outside the box mm-hmm. and he's an MD and all that, but you know, he'll be the first one to tell you that they don't teach about food nutrients. Right. I mean, one class in med school, that's it. Still to this day, huh? Wow. Yeah. I mean, um, there are, there's a population though, a percentage of the medical community, like you say, they're starting to evolve and move forward as professionals and get into more of a complete, let's say uh, treating the body as a whole instead of fixing something that's broken, uh, working on prevention rather than fixing what's broken. Yeah. So interesting. Um, Yeah. I know you, I didn't know you. I don't think you weren't sick as I, when I knew you, it must've been before we met when you were really going through that hard time. Well, I look back on my life and it was a slow descent. Like now that I know the signs and symptoms of it's probably been about 25 years that my body was on this slow decline. And then I just hit a breaking point where my body, I, I can't do it anymore. Um, so now I know what to look for and those, those quote unquote symptoms and signs that the body is delivering to you all the time. And uh, it's just putting the puzzle piece together of what it's uh, telling you. Cause uh, many people uh, watching here know me know that I had uh, cancer about 19 years ago and <clears throat> I had thyroid cancer. So I I woke up one day with a goiter, about a ping pong ball sitting right here. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, that's not good. I know that much. And Mm -hmm. it it ended up being malignant and it spread to some lymph nodes in my neck and they took the whole thyroid gland out. And at the time they took a significant amount of lymph nodes in my neck out at that time. Mm -hmm. And but they took it out and then I went through my chemo and I just assumed, okay, well, everything must be great now. Eh, not so much. Right. And then especially when I look back now and I'm asking myself, okay, well, why did I get the cancer in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then two, now that I know about the role of the lymph in relationship to the immune system, that I found it interesting that for years since then, I suffered from a lot of the congestion and clearing the throat and post-nasal drip. Uh, I started to get a lot more periodontal disease and you know, sinus infections and all sorts of different things. So I, I was manifesting other immune system issues those mm. decades after. And you'll also learn when you study the lymphatics that you've got over 700 lymph nodes in the body. And a lymph node is kind of like a small little kidney in a way where they're little filtration systems that 
when stuff comes in that I talked about before, all the waste mm -hmm. products, they come into these little treatment plants, like a sewage treatment plant. They go from one thing to the next thing and the next thing, and the immune system tries to kill everything and purge it out. And you've got over 600 to 700 in, in the body. It varies depending on the size of the person. And of that number, one third is from the neck up. Wow. So think about that for a moment, okay? One third of six to 700 is from the neck up. That automatically tells me one thing. Nature put that there for a reason. Yeah. It's designed to detoxify the primary structures that you have living in this region, one of them being your brain. Ah. Right? Yeah. So if you remove the lymph nodes from the neck, that's going to compromise your lymphatic system everywhere. Mm -hmm. Everywhere. So a lot so of no, people no, who let's go back one second here. Do you say you had some removed in the neck? Yeah, I had a well, significant amount removed in my neck at the time. Oh, okay. And mm -hmm. so that so how here's how I look at it. Though my system was already compromised from my lymphatic system, yeah, leading up to me getting the cancer. Then just because they took the cancer out doesn't mean you're taking care of the system of the body that allowed that to take hold in the first place. Mm -hmm. because the environment is still the same, right? And you cannot get well in the same environment you became ill within. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. You cannot get well in the same environment you became ill within. So if I get sick, you know, and I just want to take something out that's not working, I didn't change my environment at all. I just took out what was, quote unquote, giving me the symptoms at the time. But it just manifested later for me and something else. I was still very toxic at the time. Right. And the thing that scared me the most when I was sick was losing my mental capacity. I had so much brain inflammation that I was developing Alzheimer's type symptoms where I couldn't remember names. I couldn't remember what I just said. I was repeating things. I was losing things. And I was so tired that I could not sleep enough, but I was still very low on energy. And wow. I was so bad with my brain that I went through like a severe depression. Mm -hmm. And that's what really snapped me into, I got to find an answer here because I was heading into a significant neurodegenerative disorder at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, then that also changed when I began to work with the lymphatic system and, and do the stuff that I teach people now. So I'm 54 years old now and my brain fires on all cylinders, like even, even better, I think, than when I was in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Because we know the man. brain has the capability to, with neuroplasticity and things to be able to find new maps. Oh yeah. New ways to do things, right? It's a big deal, man. It's, Actually, so um, last week I spoke with an author, uh, a doctor, uh, MD, Dale Bredesen, wrote a book called The End of Alzheimer's and then The End of Alzheimer's Program. Hmm. Uh, you, you would love him. If you don't know him already, he would love you because you're on the same page, man. You're talking the same stuff about that you can reverse a lot of these symptoms, a lot of these. Well, you can reverse what's actually happening, like you're saying. Hmm. Um, cognitive decline. I. You know, I think of all the people I work with, all except for four 
have cognitive decline, right? at least mild to maybe not so mild. Uh, few of them have an actual diagnosis of anything like Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, but they're probably on the way, right? Um, you know, dementia and things like that. But when they meet up with the doctor who here in town, Dr. Joseph Berry, who treats the body as a whole, an MD, internal medicine, but said, you know, my traditional practice, screw that. Mm. I'm not going to go down that road anymore. And when, when we team up with a person, he works on them. I work, man, you know, what's really cool is the reversals we see in those symptoms that are progressing of cognitive decline and how sharp people can get. And it doesn't take long a lot of times. Yeah. But, I, but I, I want to direct this into the lymphatic thing too. Not to interrupt you. I'm really sorry. Cause I know I'm doing that, but yeah. it seems to me like this is still a system that's left out of the equation, even amongst a lot of the experts out there who are on the path to treating the body holistically and I'm wondering, um, you know, what kind of differences can be realized, you know, when you're looking at COVID and the lymphatic, I just, I'm getting over COVID. It was a real bad experience, but yeah. I'll yeah. get through and, you know, whatever, you know, I have a, a antiphospholipid syndrome is what I'm diagnosed with a very rare autoimmune thing. I'm prone to blood clotting, whatever, but I'd love to get off Coumadin if I can fix something like my lymphatics maybe, but um, the relationship, I'd like to discuss this whole reversal of cognitive decline, reversal of degeneration, leaky gut, inflammation, um, and, and also kind of go down the path maybe of, is there, and I'm sure there is a relationship between what the lymphatic system can do to help us heal from COVID, I'm especially interested in that now, help us heal from cancer, help us heal from inflammation. What do we do? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I can tell you right now, there's honestly not a lot of information out there about the lymphatic system and the role it plays in a lot of what you're discussing. It's just because it's something that has never been in the forefront, almost like the brain in a way there used to be and, and like fascia. So let me take you back a little ways. Oh, sure. Now we know that fascia, they pretty much mentioned with everything, but it used to be a time when nobody really paid attention to it. it. It just wasn't on the radar. It was just a tissue that was in the way of the surgeon needing to get to whatever they got to work on. And then it closed it back up and then you're all good. Yeah, But yeah. now we know that fascia is sort of maybe kind of a little important, right? And sure. the same thing was with the brain. I mean, they, we used to not think that the brain could actually change itself, that we used to say <laughs> that you've got what you've got, and then when it's gone, That's it's it. gone, and you can't get anything back. Right. And, and then now we know that we were wrong. So I, I want people to keep those things in mind that what you think is set in stone is impossible now is probably completely freaking wrong. Mm -hmm. So you have to stay humble when it comes to what we know or don't know about the human body because the human body is under no obligation to make sense to you it, it, at all. It's just going to do what it's going to do. And it doesn't care whether you understand why it decided to do this or not do that. It's another one to write down. I, I think it's great. That's my human favorite. Human body is under no 
obligation to make sense to you. That's- and I'm going to tell you how I got that quote, because yeah. I'm going to give props to the first, the first person that made me think that way. I was watching an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Astrophysicist, astronomer. Yeah. Yeah. And he said something. Uh, He said, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. And I loved it because I'm like, he's so, it's so true. We look at the universe from our small little speck and the universe is like, you're not even close, but keep trying. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so brilliant. I mean, What's more of an undiscovered universe than us and, mm-hmm. and the human brain, sure. right? And so I said to myself, I'm just going to flip that around and say, the human body is under no obligation to make sense to you. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're always fighting about this. And you say, I don't have proof for this. You don't have proof for that. There's a double blind, triple scoop, double cream filled donut of a research to prove blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. listen. I got news for you here, Sparky. The the body really doesn't care. And whatever you find, you're probably freaking wrong anyway, because you're looking at it in such small isolation in, in your Petri dish or your lab uh, that Literally it's going to carry over. And I know we yeah. got to start. I'm, I'm, I'm having fun now. You can, you can see that. Oh, right? totally. That yeah. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't keep trying. But there's there's things that we may never know why the body does what it does. But I will tell you one thing I do know for sure. Whatever it does, it's for one purpose. And it's not to make your life miserable and fill you full of pain and suffering. It's ultimately trying to protect you in some way, shape or form with the responses that it's giving to whatever is coming at it. So all of our symptoms and things that we're attacking, they're self-protective mechanisms that can make us feel pretty awful. There's no doubt about it. But that's actually by design as well. Like you're supposed to have pain so you don't do something stupid and make the pain worse. So you stop doing what you're doing because I can give you a shot in your arm and you'll just go back using your arm. But the next thing you know, you might not be able to use your arm again. Right. Yeah. And it's the same thing with a fever. Like, you know, the body gives you a fever because it says, you know what, I got to crank up the temperature here because if I crank up the temperature here, I'm probably going to kill this thing a lot faster. So let me make you hot. Let me make you sweat. Let me make you throw up. Let me make you leak everywhere because I'm trying to get that stuff out of you. Right. All yes, those yes. things are. There's a reason. Little toxins. And yeah. then you want to go in there first sign and take, you know, Tylenol to take your temperature down as soon as it goes up they're finding that you prolong the healing process, even though you you feel better because you took the Tylenol, you actually make the process longer. So that's where you have to have the expertise to know what's my line of how far do I let the temperature go or the body go before I need to give it that assistance that you need. So we need to, you need to, you need to have this fine line of, okay, realizing that everything that your body's doing for protective response Yeah, that's hard to keep in mind when you're going through it. But here's that's what gets me excited, because now I'm trying to figure out. Why is it taking this strategy? What's the goal? What's the end goal? Right. And so the same thing with um, with the lymphatic system that I know that if I can get that system to work as well as it can, then I you stand a much better chance of 
uh, optimal health or recovering faster from what you have. Sure. And, and here's the thing about the lymphatic system. One of the biggest things about the lymphatic system that can change your life is very simple. Just realizing that you have one and you should start taking a look at it. Mm-hmm. Just that can change your life. Just that. Yes. Because now that you, you can't change something until you become aware of it. Exactly. Right. Yep. And then that's when you discover, okay, well, what's the best way for me to do that? And then that's what I try to teach people or I do teach people based on my own experience of going through it, yeah. but also doing it with a lot of other people over these last five to seven years or something like that right now. Um, And then having similar results. And then now I just keep, I keep going. I keep doing it. It's a, it's a system that I always check on everyone because I want to make sure that if there is an issue with the system, I need to see if there is an issue and then I can start to address it. But uh, I can also go and say, okay, well, your lymphatic system actually seems pretty good. So I check the box, then I can put it aside and know that that's not a big, huge driver that I might need to be looking at. I'll still, I'll still show you how to work the system. Yeah. Because if the system is working well, I want to keep it working well. Right. So you can still do lymphatic work, even though you don't have a lymphatic system problem. Because you don't want to end up with a problem. Well, maintenance, right? It's kind of like exercise, I guess. Well, it's the same. Gotta keep, you, right? you got to keep, right. yeah, keep moving. Yeah. I mean, just because my teeth, teeth are great doesn't mean I can stop brushing them. Because <laughs> then eventually I'm not going to have any teeth. And yeah. Not that I just posted on Instagram this morning that you have a huge amount of lymphatics in your teeth. I saw that. Yeah. And in your salivary glands and in your jaw. And so if you have periodontal disease and gum disease and a lot of history in your past with teeth issues, I see it all the time in chronically ill people who, once they get the teeth taken care of, their autoimmune systems, symptoms and conditions drastically improve mm-hmm. because teeth health is massive for optimal overall physical health oh totally yeah it's your first step of digestion is in your mouth i actually interviewed a friend of mine who's a dentist who talked about uh that exactly that then we did another interview years ago this is years ago about um pregnancy and dental Mm -hmm. health my daughter just uh, so i'm a grandpa now she's two months old nora she's beautiful Uh, congratulations oh yeah so uh yeah She's uh, amazing. So I've seen but, some, you know, my, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, so I'll brag for a minute. Yeah. This is, I don't know the notifications on here, but they, uh, look at that. That's a cutie pie right there, man. I'll tell you those cheeks just want to eat them up. But you know, that's the whole thing about my daughter, how she took care of herself during this and the dental health is so important because there's dental teeth, oral stuff is really yeah, well, you know a lot more about it than I do, but I just wanted to 
reiterate how important yeah. that is. Well, I know for me, because I suffer from that. And, and one of the reasons that I suffered from that is because I had uh, lymphatic, they removed a lot of lymph in here. So uh, I got yeah. a lot of con- inability to drain in this region year okay. after year after year. Mm-hmm. And then that stuff has to stay somewhere. Right. 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 So that's one of the, cause I'm not a dentist either, but I, you know, I go to one and I got freaking teeth. So I, I have an experience <laughs> of dealing with teeth. Uh, and I have a lot of people that come in to see me who I ask about their dental history and they've had you know, root canals or cavitations, or I've had some people to get mold toxicity stuck in the teeth. Right, and yeah. then that's led to a lot of uh, things. And I usually send them to a holistic dentist to have them take a look at the body, they look at the body a little bit of a different way, uh, the teeth in a little bit of a different way. But it's just something as well. I, I, the more I, I get into teaching, Carl, the more I'm, I just like to people to expose people to different thought processes and ways of looking at something, not necessarily giving them the answer of what they need to do about something, but saying, Mm -hmm. this is something that I might want to look at. This could be a possible relationship or contributing factor. And then you take that, you pick that low hanging fruit and then you run with it and you may try to find the answer on your own because I don't have all the answers but I enjoy trying to look for them and saying, you know, this might not be your issue, but it might as well. Have you ever thought about looking there? It's like checking the box off of something. So that's the same thing that I do with the lymphatics. And when I started to check that on people, I was blown away about how many other people had issues with the system that they didn't know about even i didn't like here's a cool story for me it's like now the largest lymph node in your neck is going to sit right at the top of the neck right behind the angle of the jaw Mm -hmm. right behind the lobe of the ear right there big huge lymph node that sits there Mm -hmm. and if that guy gets clogged up overloaded blocked then it's going to cause a backflow down here and above and everything just stays so me being a chiropractor my whole career when i look here i'm always thinking c1 c2 cervical one cervical two that's the sweet spot or Mm -hmm. i'm thinking of maybe uh a nerve ganglia here like a little bit of a plexus right here And, or I'm maybe thinking if I know anything about anatomy, the vagus nerve that sits mm-hmm. here, right? Sure. Or I'm thinking fascia. In all of my years, I never thought when I press there, I'm releasing the largest lymph node in the neck. Mm-hmm. I was never thinking that. Mm-hmm. Now in my world, I think that first. Because yeah. for me, the lymphatic system is more important overall to the complete functioning of the body than the other things I just mentioned. Okay. And so when I go here and it's 10, people say, well, if it's tender there, what hurts? I'm like, I got no freaking idea. How about everything? It doesn't really matter. Like everything is going to be involved here. Like you name it. Mm -hmm. All I want to do now is I'm just thinking, okay, if that is tender or painful, I know there's an inflammation issue. Mm, Yeah. And if there's an inflammation issue, hold on for it. 
you got a lymphatic system issue. Yeah. Because the lymphatic system, its job is to get rid of swelling and inflammation in the body. So if you can't get rid of swelling and inflammation, then what does that mean? That means you have to take a look at the lymphatic system, right? Take a look at the lymphatic system, make sure that that guy is not blocked, that is not overloaded. And mine was. And because I was so congested with lymphatics here, Mm-hmm. That's why I was always having sinus infections and <clears throat> having to clear my throat. And I was snipping all the time, a lot of post-nasal drip. I couldn't breathe through my nose because I was always congested, always having ear infections and things like this, even yeah. as an adult. And I see that a lot in my uh, children who have the, uh, the children that I come across with chronic ear infections is usually backed up lymphatics yep, in the head and the neck. Interesting. So let's just, uh, I want to back up for a minute. I have a few thoughts on my mind. Number one, <clears throat> I love how you were talking about how the body with pain, inflammation, and so on, that it's, it, there's a message there. It's designed to do these things because it wants you to be healthy and alive. So it's giving you signals. You know, if you have inflammation, right. there's something going on. If you have pain, there's something you need to do you're doing it wrong or something. Uh, the other thing too is uh, something, what it's telling you. Yeah. Change, change something. something. You know, these plaques that are formed in the brain uh, for, with, with Alzheimer's or dementia, yeah. um, those plaques are actually to a degree supposed to be there as a protective mechanism to right. keep the brain. But then when they overdevelop and they're too much plaque, well, you're kind of screwed up. Right. So it's really interesting. Actually, just in this past few minutes here, how you described this, put things in a different light for me as far as the body is telling you stuff when you have a problem, when you have inflammation, you know, and then even you can't feel plaque in your brain, but if you're starting to forget things, well, maybe there's something you need to do about it besides see the doctor and do stuff with me. There has to be other stuff to do, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I think you know uh, Russ Parker. Yeah, I think he might be on and watching us now. But Russ is uh, one of my instructors. Um, he's just he's a member of the team, man, and he's an amazing guy. He lives with Parkinson's. He's uh, he considers himself his own test lab because he's also a trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually brought into our curriculum. I hope you don't mind because we always give you credit for it. Tried to drive traffic to you, but a, a little lymphatic thing we do to help. Oh, great. Get yeah. things going, you know, and, and it's a movement thing and he does it to music and it's just great. Um, so thank you, Russ, if you're watching. Thank you for that. Hey, Russ. Good job. Nicely done. Um, now, so you can, how are two, two questions? And I don't want to keep you too long, but I'll keep you as long as you'll let me. So um, um, how do you assess the lymphatic system if it's yeah. possible? And then where do you start? I mean, I'm sure it's different depending upon the assessment yeah. and the outcome, but what's that process? What's it looking like? Oh, I'd be happy to. Well, for, first of all, before I go to that, I would like to say it's really quite wonderful and fascinating to see how much they've learned about the, the lymphatics and what they call glymphatics of the brain itself. Mm. Because mm-hmm. they used to think that that was a, an immune privileged place and didn't have its own lymphatic wow. stuff. And where 
really learning so much because we can see things now through technology we were never able to see before. It's something that I think is right now they're going to be devoting a lot more attention to in relationship to neurodegenerative disorders and lymphatic, which I'm so really, really happy yeah. to see. Um, uh, so that's a great thing. And because you have to get toxins out of the brain, right? And mm -hmm. you got to get out of there. You don't want them sitting in there. And so when I do a lymphatic system issue, I jokingly say that until I prove otherwise, everybody's got a lymphatic system problem. They just don't know it yet mm -hmm. because I just know we're overloaded with toxicity. And just like anything else, uh, I'm going to bring a lot of things into it. One, I'm going to go by your history and the symptoms that you tell me. So before I actually physically put my hands on anybody, we do a long consultation and I ask uh, what we go through, what's called a systems checklist. So for instance, if people came in and they've got problems with their shoulder, I don't just ask about the shoulder. I'm asking about all the other systems of the body because I know the brain doesn't know what he has a shoulder. It just knows I'm all of these things. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm going by what you tell me there over the course of your life. Then I'll start to suspect that you might have a lot more underlying inflammation. The more stuff you check off that you've had in your past or you mm -hmm. currently have, mm -hmm. then I'm going to do a physical assessment on you. Yep. Now, digestive history is a big one, because if I know I've got most of my lymphatics in my gut and I've got gut issues, well, my friend, you probably got a lymph issue. Okay. If you've got uh, neurodegenerative issues or uh, balance issues, right, or movement coordination issues, you probably got a lymphatic system issue as well because you got brain inflammation. Mm hmm. So I know that I'm going to have to look at the lymphatics, not just in your brain, but in your whole body, right? Because I'm going to tell you, I don't think that you can separate anything from your brain from the rest of your body. It's all connected. It um, and then I'm going to look at your skin because the other place that the majority of your lymph is located is in your skin. So I look at the condition of the skin, uh, any past issues with skin irritations, autoimmune diseases, whatever. Um, so I'll start there, just an overall look. Then I do an actual manual assessment on the body where I physically touch the body. And I go and I show people this in my program and my video is that I look for swelling and inflammation and I look for pain <clears throat> and I press on the major areas where we have clusters of lymph nodes mm -hmm. and they typically sit around the joints of your body that you move the most in. Okay. which is the top of the neck, bottom of the neck, shoulders, abdomen, hips, knees. So, you know, nature is pretty smart too, because the thing that moves lymph the most is movement. Mm -hmm. So nature says, maybe I'll put all these lymph nodes around these areas that you're supposed to be using a ton all day long. Cause we can move this crap out of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then all of a sudden we sit down all day and we cramp the knees in flexion. We cramp the hips in flexion. Mm -hmm. We slump in our seat and we cramp down the abdomen. I roll my shoulders in and I lock my head forward and I don't get movement in any of my joints at all. There you go. And then I don't breathe through my diaphragm like I'm supposed to, because when I sit like that, 
I can't expand through the abdomen and breathing through your diaphragm changes pressure in your body, which moves fluid. So for me, the biggest thing that you know, why you breathe through your diaphragm has got zero to do with core stability for me. I mean, that's nice, mm -hmm. but it moves your lymph. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to tell you, you're not going to own your core if you don't own your lymph. Cause for me, it's about a hierarchy of importance, right? Like if you don't have your core, you, you can be weaker and you can have back pain and you're like, you can't do as much. Life's not as fun, but if you lose your lymph, you're dead in two days. Yeah. So your brain says you better take care of that lymph first core can do with the core later. Right. Uh, yeah, so yeah. in my world, we restore lymph and then we do quote unquote core. Uh, and I'll press on all these areas and I'm looking for a response. And what's the response? Mm. Ouch, doc, that hurts. Yeah, I remember this. Well, the, the first time I had an assessment of this sort, um, it's Toronto, you, Rick Daigle, Sean Barbs, a few right. others. And then I was down in New York City, too, for something else. And uh, I remember how it felt. Because pretty much everyone, especially when you go here, you go, Oh, ah, feel up here. Yeah, really. And I call this an awareness exam. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awareness, because what happens is that I'm going to push on places that most people probably haven't pushed on for you mm -hmm. because you didn't have pain there. Like very rarely is somebody going to push at the top of your neck or underneath your jaw. Mm -hmm. If your low back hurts, I'm going to do it. Yeah, because I, I know that your low back can have lymphatic system issue. And if you're tender up here, you're going to have issues in your lymph system. And I need to work both. And plus, when you know anatomy, you know, your head, and your neck is a big controller of your lower back anyway. So it always connects together. Um, and then the awareness exam is I'm, I'm looking for tension. I'm looking for tightness. I'm looking for your reaction and your pain. And for you to be aware of, holy cow, I had no idea all those places on me hurt. I remember that very that, that's well. That's what happens. Like if very rarely do people say, I, I don't feel pain right here until you stuck your finger right there. Right. And then yeah. they're like, oh my God, that hurts. And I'm like, you know, that's not supposed to hurt. Right. And <laughs> because then they say the classic line, you're just pressing hard. Like, <laughs> Even if I press hard, it's not supposed to hurt, right? right? I mean, I can make anything hurt. That's not the point. But I can automatically tell right away when I stick my fingers there, whether you like it or you don't like it. Yeah. And if you don't like that, I automatically know in my world, that's a place of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And every place you have vulnerability is going to change how you move in your environment and in your world, Right. right. And so it's an awareness exam for you to really get a sense of all the different regions of your body that you were never really paying attention to because they didn't have pain associated with it, right? So pain is actually a signal for awareness. Because trust right. me, if your freaking elbow hurts, you're aware of your elbow. It's yeah, a strategy true. of awareness for you, right? But what I want to do is make you aware of all of the other areas of your body that hurt that you don't know about yet. Right. Because I, in my world, listen, this is a big one. 
In my world, that's where you're going to find the answer to the pain that is not leaving you alone. Okay. Right? Yeah. Because if your right elbow hurts all the time, well, then you might have a problem with your right elbow. And then people usually treat the right elbow. Mm -hmm. And if it gets better, then it was probably the right elbow. If it doesn't get better, two things. Either it's really, really broken and you got to get some surgery in there because you just didn't do enough. Or it's not your right elbow, right? Because pain doesn't tell you anything. It just tells you, hey, Perry, you have a problem, but I'm not telling you what it is or where it is. I'm just going to hurt you. You have to figure it out, right? And Going back to a that lot source, of times, right? Like, hence the stop chasing pain. Well, yeah, stop chasing pain doesn't mean- I mean, it's really all about that. Yeah. Stop chasing pain doesn't mean you don't treat pain. Yeah. You don't chase pain because- if you treat where it hurts and it gets better, there's your answer. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't get better, then that's probably not your answer. Yeah. Right? And if it gets better, but then it comes back, it probably wasn't your answer either. Right? Because the body will tell you quick, fast, and in a hurry whether you get something right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't get it right, it tells you that too, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. Because I, I personally don't follow the typical three times a week for four weeks, two times a week for four weeks, one time a week for four weeks rehab programs for mm -hmm. things because I believe the body can get better way faster than that if you're yeah. on the right track and you're, you're taking it and in, in all the systems together. I'm not saying that everything can be fixed in the world as unicorns and rainbows either. But I'm saying that you need to make sure you can check the boxes so you're not missing something, right? And right. In, in my world, I've seen it too many times, Carl, that I've got people who have, they come to see me with chronic issues. Like, I'm usually not the first person you go to when you have a pain. Mm -hmm. I'm usually the last one you end up seeing because you've, you've tried a lot of stuff that's supposed to work. And probably has helped a lot of people, mm -hmm. but for you, it hasn't. And then there's obviously something that's being missed or uh, not being looked at or taken for granted. Yeah. And, and that's my job is to try to revisit that. Right. And, and uh, I firmly believe at this stage in my career, it's not so much that you're gonna come see me for the therapies that I'm gonna to do to you. You're coming to see me because of how I think. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. here's the interesting part, how you think determines the therapies that you're gonna do. Yeah, very true. Right? Very true, yes, yeah. And so the dirty little secret is every therapy works for someone. Right? So right. everything works. You just have to figure out what works for this particular person who's in front of you in this given moment right. and what works for you might not work for me. And okay. that's just the way that just, it's just not it's because it's not what you needed in that particular moment. And the reason I focused on lymphatics, honestly, is because it's something that nobody has really looked at and it's a huge piece of the puzzle that if you can check that box and that 
if your lymphatic system isn't working well and we can get it working better, you will start to feel better. If it's working, if it's working well, and then I can ensure it keeps working well, then I can move to the next most logical thing I need to move to, to see, okay, well, why aren't you getting better? Where's your, where's your roadblock? And what I'm very fascinated to see uh, coming up in the future is the, the relationship, because we know this is quite fascinating. So that's why I really want to get more involved in the research part coming up in the, in the future years. But I'm finding in that we know the role of the gut in relationship to the brain, correct? Like gut inflammation yep. can lead to neuroinflammation and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Go both ways. And you know that from your Parkinson's that there's usually gut issues before it manifests here. Um, but, you know, I'm interrupting just for a second, but, um, but you know this, but if anyone listening doesn't know, I mean, the research is in, the data is out there, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, it can live in your gut 10, 15, 20 years, maybe longer before it makes it to here. And then it can take a little time before an actual, like a symptom manifests and you actually realize, oh, wait, there's something wrong. Yeah. And speaking of, speaking of that data and research, I want to make sure I mention that uh, while I appreciate and try to find research, uh, sometimes we need to be our own researchers. And I remember the very first, actually, I always had the very first primal chains workshop that you ever did. Mm-hmm. You invited me down. I came down and the first slide was, how are you going to connect these dots without crossing the line or something like that? Right. Yeah. And you went outside of the box. Yeah. So it's a great, I'll never forget that because we need to, in a, with, based on our experience and our knowledge and, you know, the, what we're dealing with that's in front of us, whoever it is, whatever they're dealing with, we've got to get outside the box thinking, which I think you've done very well in so many different ways, including looking at the lymphatic system because of how important it is. And not isolate things in this petri dish of uh, a treatment petri dish if you will because things are working together all the time and so basically what i'm saying is yeah look for research but be your own researcher and you know some of the research is actually horrible because at the bottom of the thing in the conclusion it says well well this was shown to probably help blah 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 uh, we can't conclude that it actually helps and more research is needed. Well, that's because they did it in a way that isolates something. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a PhD. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm a guy, but You're a this, human stuff, being. this stuff doesn't make sense to me that you would isolate things so much. I get that they have to, though. I get it for, you know, whatever reasons and this and that, and, but, the, and there's a lot of great research and I'm kind of going off here, but the bottom line is, We've got to we've got to start thinking differently because it's going to help us more if we do it the right way, right? If we examine right. all these different things. Well, like you said, I mean, you got to start. You got to do something. You mm-hmm. got you got to start somewhere. But you also uh, science is about play and exploration, honestly. Yeah. So if you if you don't look at a possibility outside of that, you, you might not find it. And here's the beautiful thing that you learn when you study science. Most of the greatest discoveries were by accident. 
Yeah, exactly. Penicillin was freaking by accident. Guy left the cover off his petri dish for goodness sakes, and they're like, "Holy cow!" So it so many things is like like the universe is like saying, you know what, you guys are not going to find this on your own because you're overcomplicating it, you're overthinking it. So I'm going to make you forget to leave the cover on your petri dish, and then you'll find the answer. Like (laughs) this is we got to get out of our own damn heads sometimes and explore and say what if. And if you say what if and it's wrong. Well, that's okay. But what you'll also learn is that most of the stuff that we think we're right about is completely wrong anyway. Hence, <laughs> we have to keep that open, right? Yeah. That, that dialogue open. And then so otherwise, if you don't look for that exploration, I always say people like, I love to believe in magic because if you don't believe in magic, you'll never find it. Yeah, like true. You, you, you need to be open for that. And, and so uh, with that, with that lymph, it's such a huge player in your gut. And we know that gut health impacts brain health. That what I'm finding in, in my work when I'm working with people, okay, is that when I start to work with the lymphatics around the gut and the abdomen, it's been making some profound changes with the lymphatics of the head and the neck for mm, me. Yeah, there's a big connection there. Right. Because you can't, so I don't believe in, so let's say for instance, that you say you've got a lymph node that's swollen up on the right side of your neck. I don't believe that that's an isolated event. Like if that is swollen, I'm going to say that your entire lymphatic system is affected because of that. And you can manifest pain or discomfort anywhere in your body from that one lymph node. Interesting. It's kind of like, uh, so it's, it, it's a plumbing system. You know, I'm on, on the river here. I'm on a dirt road, public water, but sewer. I'm sorry, a septic tank. So I've, I've been through septic issues the past 27 years and basically you just got to pump it out. Yep. And of course the saturation from the water makes it kind of weird sometimes with the leach fields. But the bottom line is if even if a leach field gets messed up, the, the system is messed up, you know? So the whole system is affected by this one blockage that this, I'm kind of like correlating this with uh, the lymph and how I, I understand what you're saying about. It's exactly like, well, it, it's not an isolated thing. There's no such thing as an isolated injury in the body. It doesn't exist. Yeah. So the whole thing is under, cause, cause when you, when you have a, when you have an immune system reaction to something, it's a, it's a whole body immune system reaction. Yeah. Not just where you're, where you have the swelling or inflammation in that point. They're finding that in the world of, uh, you know, um, if if you have like a a lymph node that uh, has a lot of inflammation in it, like this way, it can, it can manifest symptoms anywhere in the, in the body. Right. So I, but I, that's, that falls in line with what I try to teach people is that we, Say, for instance, okay, you have pain in, let's say, your left knee. What does I have to do with the lymph node up here at the top? Because it's nowhere near your knee. That's exactly why, because they're interrelated, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm not just going to go after where the pain is in the knee. Yeah. I'm going to go everywhere. And I just go after what I find. And 
I'll go through the whole lymph assessment on everyone. Everybody gets it. I teach everyone how to go through the system. It's very easy to check. And here's the beautiful thing. The assessment is actually a first form of treatment. Mm -hmm. Because when you move the lymph nodes, you stimulate the lymph nodes so they can release the, the things that are obstructed and blocked. <clears throat> so assessment is a form of the treatment. And then people start to feel better just from the assessment in that region. And they're like, wow, I mean, I, I can't believe I, I, is it crazy that I just did that assessment and I could move further? I, I had less pain when I did this, or I felt like I could walk further with less effort or I could, I could bend over a little bit easier. Yeah. No, it, all, it, it all makes complete sense when you understand how it all works together. You, it's something that you, once you know about the lymphatic system, you can't unknow it. Like you'll just be looking at it in relationship to everything. Be another piece of your knowledge puzzle that it just becomes like a thing. You're thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. I think of it. So I remember when I, uh, we, I was with you out at uh, Steve Keppel's place, Project yeah. Move, attending uh, the Rock Tape, the Saturday, Sunday event. I remember how um, inflexible I was. In fact, you were kind of busting on me about it and it was really bad. <laughs> was I? <laughs> oh yeah, it was great, man. It was great. I, I, when we went on the floor to do the, uh, you know, face down and do the, Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, you're coming, Carl, what the heck is, and, uh, you know, it was bad, but I, the reason I'm saying this is because, uh, when I started doing some of my own lymphatic stuff and you had, I think you were just getting into this at the time and maybe yeah. putting out information. Um, and I'll admit I haven't been consistent in working with my own lymphatic system. And I, I need to get, when we're done, I need to get right upstairs and get out a couple things that I use to help move stuff because sometimes I forget things. Yeah. Like I know it, right. I can't unknow it. And I think about, it. I could be laying on the couch thinking about it and then I don't do it because I'm not thinking about it, but it made a difference in my uh, range of motion in a lot of parts of my body. Does that make mm -hmm. any sense at all? Yeah, it makes complete sense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I could actually do the thing now and get my head up and my arms and I didn't have that damn kyphotic kyphosis type yeah. look, which I was starting to get, wait a minute, I'm like 55 at the time or something. I don't want to look like I'm 85. Yeah. Well, you know, well, here's the interesting thing about sitting on the, too many airplanes. It killed me. <laughs> most people, when, uh, you know, they get tight and they stiff, stiffness and they have poor posture, it's a lot of rounding forward. Yeah. Plan, right. Everything goes this way. And me. well, all of your primary lymph nodes, right. Except for behind the knee reside in the front of the body. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you curl in like this and you get tight, right. You, get stagnant and stagnation doesn't breed movement. Just think about stagnant water. Right. And right. so if you free all those areas up, then it's much easier for you to open yourself up into what we call extension, where you can be lean, mean, tall, and confident and pull your neck back, pull your shoulders back, you know, let your hips. Yeah. Extend. You so can sitting a lot then can, uh, straighten. That, right. that flexion is going to maybe block up that behind the knee lymph. Right. 
Yeah. So think about it. So all the lymph on the back of your body has to drain to the front of your body. Mm -hmm. And if you're stuck in the lymph nodes in the front, well, then all that lymph is going to stay along the back. Right. And then guess what's probably going to hurt? Mid back, low back. Yeah. Hamstrings, calves, back of my head, back of my neck. And everyone there is like, 80% 80% of the population or no, or more. That's yeah, what so I want you to think about that for a second. Probably the majority of people feel their musculoskeletal pain on the back of the body, not the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Oh, pain on the back of the body. Why does everything hurt on the back? I'm not saying the front doesn't hurt, but rarely does somebody say, doc, I got to see him. My sternum's killing me. Doc, I got to see him. My abdomen yeah killing me doc my quad is killing me right it, or it, it's not the front the front of my neck is awful it's usually the back no, it's back side. here it's back here i'm not saying I, that it can't hurt but usually it's somewhere else right? i'm gonna say that i should be able to put this together and quite honestly i think covid brain has really messed me up <laughs> because it's real the fog yeah right there has to be something i can do i know dr emily had a uh, terrible brain fog for six months was that but, long uh, it's been a it's it's been a thing, and I I want to say hauler, right? it just can't be like that, you know. It just can't be, but it is. It is, and it's weird. I've never felt like this, so I don't know the answer. What's the answer, Doc? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's multiple answers to it, but I'm going to tell you my thought process and how I think. Right? That mm-hmm. you know, if I know that I can have stagnation and congestion and blockages and all of the drainage points to the front of my body, and then everything goes towards the back, I'm probably going to cut off a lot of blood flow to the back. Oh, and then tight tissue and stagnation doesn't get blood flow well. And then when you don't get blood flow well, cells get really upset because they, mm-hmm. they can't get nutrients and they can't get oxygen and they can't get metabolic waste out. Jeez. And then you're a breeding ground for discomfort and pain. So when you just go after the back, you know, that yeah. usually will not get you where you want to go. So here's one of my hard, fast rules that I do in my office. Take I note, never, people. Yeah, Take note. I never, ever, ever treat anything on the back of the body until I treat the front first. Mm. Even if it doesn't hurt there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it probably won't hurt in the front. You know, I've never had a sternum pain other than when you touched me. You were pushing out at one time. That's the only time I had sternum pain. Right. Well, here's the thing. I want to expand on that. Yeah. It doesn't consciously hurt you. Ah. It hurts you. It only consciously hurts you when I press on it. And then you go, holy crap that hurts. Well, I guess it's kind of like this then. And and then I remember going up under the ribs too. Remember you were right. doing some, I mean, all kinds of stuff. But yeah, here's the course, thing you need to understand. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. Here's what you need to understand about why that statement is so powerful. Your brain has always known that it hurts. You just didn't know that it hurt. Think about that for a moment. Your brain always knows where your vulnerabilities and your threat responses are. Mm-hmm. Even though you don't. That's conscious versus subconscious. 
Yeah, and I was just thinking that, about subconscious and uh... subconsciously, your brain knows that it hurts. Stay with me. And this is where it really gets good because what ultimately drives your habits and your behaviors and your movement, your conscious choices or your subconscious choices? Mm, I'm going to say subconscious. Exactly. Yeah. The majority of your movement, you don't think about. Yeah. You're not consciously thinking about walking no. unless you're thinking about walking, which few people do until they realize they might not walk. So, so what's well. ultimately driving your posture and your pain? Subconscious. Exactly. So what I look for is this is what's on my Instagram page. We go after the pain that you don't know about to help the pain that won't leave you alone. <laughs> Sorry, I have to laugh because it's so freaking profound and so dead on. And it's kind of funny too, when you think about it, because who thinks like this? A few your body, people, your brain uh, a small percentage do. And I love, this is one of the things I love. <laughs> your brain does. One of the things I love about what you do is you're able to articulate in these little short phrases that are actually big deals like that one. Can you say that again, please? Yes. We sure. go after. We what? go after the pain that you don't know about to help the pain that won't leave you alone. Because you already know about the area that hurts because it won't stop hurting. Mm -hmm. So I need to find the one that hurts that you don't know about. Because in my world, that's usually going to be the answer. <clears throat> so I'll give you a classic example. Here's what just happened. I'll give knowledge you a bomb. Example. That was a knowledge bomb. Go ahead, man. I'll give you two classic examples. <laughs> Lots of mid back pain between the shoulder blades. Hmm. And everybody goes after the mid back. Right. And you should and see if it gets better. But if it doesn't, then you need to think bigger. So for me, I already told you, I never treat the back till I check the front. So I'm going to check your stomach and I'm going to check your sternum. If those are clear, then I'll go to the mid back. Wow. If they're not clear, I'll go there first. Mm -hmm. If I have unrelenting, if I have chronic lower back pain, that everybody goes after the lower back and it's not getting better. The last thing I'm going to do is go after your lower back. Mm -hmm. I'm going to flip you over. And I'm going to check the front, right? And then most people are, are completely blown away by how painful it is in the front. Painful. But they had no idea that it was painful in the front. Right. The pain they don't know about. That's not leaving them alone because their back hurts. Right. Well, my friend, I, I can't remember. I, I think I said this uh my, my friend, Gray Cook, who was one of my mentors, said, you know, uh, they already know what, where the pain is and where it hurts. You, you just gave it a Latin name, <laughs> which means that just because you can name the damn thing doesn't mean you have any idea what the hell to do about it. Like, you know, OK, so your biceps brachii has tendonitis in it. I'm like, okay, well, you can call this my cell phone. I don't care what you call it. Can you figure out why <laughs> it's not hurting? Like, it doesn't yeah, yeah. matter what you call the damn thing. 
Because your brain doesn't know that that's a buy. I could call it a cell phone and your brain doesn't care. It's yeah, it like, doesn't care. Because we made up the name. I just mm-hmm. want you to know that your brain doesn't know you have a bicep to brachii. It just knows I have, it's just me. That's the it's thing. Me. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so that's, that's how I try to go after things. And it, just because I do that and I'm making jokes doesn't mean I'm not serious either. Like the, there's zero correlation between appearing to be serious and actually being good at what you do. Like yeah, I'm joking, but I'm not joking. Is that yeah. don't get so, this is what I try to teach people as well, because people send me messages all the time and they're like, doc, I'm not a healthcare professional. Um, and so I don't know if I can take your courses. Are they for me? And I say, yes, my courses are designed for humans, all people, because I take these complicated subjects and I make them simple and I call your acromium process, you know, a pen. Like, I just want you to understand what they are, how they relate to each other, because you have every right. It's your body. It's your health to take back control of your health and try to do things for you to help you get better. And the lymphatic system was a big one for me because I knew that people were not going to be told about this system. And if they were told about this system, they wouldn't know what to do about it when they were told about the system or somebody's going to make it so complicated that they wouldn't do it anyway. Gotcha. But they're going to feel so overwhelmed that I, it's got to be some really big deal to help this thing. It's not difficult at all. Like once you understand how fluids flow in the body, what causes obstructions, how fluid goes from high pressure to low pressure, anybody can do their own lymphatic system reset. You just have to know the order that you're doing it in and why you're doing it and then monitor what your results are and know when you might need to seek additional help. But it's really so super simple. Like I designed this program to where when I, when I, I talk for hours explaining the system, and then when I show you what the system is, people usually go, that's it? That, that's all I gotta do? <laughs> you built this thing up and I just have to rub in these like seven places. And you're like, yeah, that's it. And then they're like, it can't be that simple. I'm like, who says? Yeah. Why not? Why does it have to be complicated? It doesn't have to be complicated. Well, that, you know, see, that's one of the things that you've actually um, indirectly taught me about. Uh, so when I teach, you know, I used to overcomplicate things. And I'm really, really trying to rein it in now and still, even now in this next book and in another course I'll put out is using, well, you know, using stories is powerful. Using analogies is powerful because engaging people becomes easier when you can, they can relate to what you're talking about. Right. And what you understand when teaching is, is that one of the, one of the, ways to get you to understand a subject that you know nothing about is to tie it something that you are already familiar with. So yeah. That's why I said 
sewage system of your body, like your house, why you said septic system, why my lymphatic mojo body aquarium, I use the body aquarium analogy because people know yeah. that to keep a fish tank clean, you need a filter system. Yeah, exactly. The filter system goes kaputs, the tank gets stagnant, and anything in the tank dies. Yeah, well, exactly. Your body, the lymphatic system is the fish tank filter. If you don't keep it maintained, then you slowly die. And you know what they call slowly dying? Pain. Fatigue. Automobile disease. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. That's what they call slow die, slow death. See, that makes sense. You know, I never thought of it like that. I I mean I did a little bit, but not not like so that's one of the things I love about you, man. You're able to put things in a a light that is so understandable. Yeah, autoimmune, chronic pain. What else did you say? Well, anything that you've got where you're not in a state of optimal health, it's a okay. slow decline. I call it the slow decline, the slow misery decline. scale. Like you're supposed misery. to be a healthy, vibrant energy. You're, you're not supposed to feel tired, fatigued, lethargic, this disease, that disease, and this and this and this, just because you're getting older, which is complete BS. So what happens is that you have a sliding scale of misery here where you're you're this is great and then you end up down here and then your body this becomes your new level of happiness right and then you become uh, here and then ultimately it ends when you're dead right yeah. so it's a slow decline that we think that that's the way it's supposed to be because we're getting older no the body is designed to heal and regenerate itself right and if you can do that you should be able to stay at a nice state of optimal health. That's why you can slowly begin to reverse that process and yeah. stay up here like that. And so we adapt to that new level of misery and it becomes your new normal, which means that I've always had headaches. I've always had this. I've always had that. I can't do that. I've never been able to do this. So then mm. that's just because it's just all you know, so you because your body's- it no choice but to adapt to it until you forget how good it feels to feel good like when i got my brain back and i got my energy back i was like oh my god this is what it feels like i forgot what it feels like to feel good to feel mentally sharp to not take six nap six naps a day tired, yeah. fatigue, lethargic, and right. you're just getting older type thing. Like, I know that feeling. I tell you, the new normal, <clears throat> excuse me, never forget the time I came down to Jersey to your place and uh, you worked on my hip. And then, of course, I really screwed it up because you said, you know, don't go crazy. And so I run like 13 miles the next day. And I'm on <laughs> yeah, that, literally did. on the top of a hill doing a Facebook live saying, I didn't know I hit the new, like my new normal was so much lower than how I should be. And I did screw it up after a while, but, but I, you also taught me how to deal with some of that so that I was able to help myself. But that's, I can so relate to this new norm thing. Um, I'm in it a little bit right now. So I need to actually, you're helping me kick up my game here. Um, so let me ask you this before we, before we sign off, mm -hmm. 
I want to, I want people to know more about what you, uh, where, where to get the information you teach because, um, is it your website? Yeah. Is I go to stopchasingpain.com. That's the central hub for everything. Um, so I spend most of my social media time on Instagram, which yes. is also by the name stopchasingpain.com. Mm -hmm. If if you type that into Google, you'll definitely find me. I'll show yeah. up. And yeah, he'll show up at the top. The website has the central link to our uh, self help videos, the lymphatic mojo one that you mentioned. That's uh, in there. Yeah. A lot of other ones. Yeah, there's other ones too. Yeah. They're intensive. We, we teach a two-day intensive program, a webcast where I do them all myself and you can tune in live and interact or you can uh, purchase it and then you'll get the recording and access to support afterwards where we go, you know, 15 hours into the lymphatic system. You'll know more about the lymphatic system than you ever wanted to know by the time I'm done teaching it to you. And then yeah. um, uh, every other thing you'd want to, to get on there plus my own podcast the stop chasing pain podcast oh yeah so for people looking on instagram because i do a lot on there too i just haven't figured out how to go live and make it sound good yet on my end just go here that's yeah, what that's it looks me. like how'd you get that font on there i like that font yeah i don't remember how in the world i did that but <laughs> it looks it looks cool the yep. doc. i love it uh so go there peeps Check it out because you're posting every day and uh, there's some really great stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. That's my favorite educational platform. So I'm a slight, I like to call it a healthy addiction. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it, man. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, post, but it, this post got yeah. me the other day. Uh, negative emotion can increase pain, increase inflammation levels and healing time. It'll lengthen healing time after injury. And oh, yeah. I tell you, you, I'll, I've got to talk about this for one second. We were in that same thing in Denver at Steve Kaplan's place, Project Move. And I was the volunteer to come up, put my arms out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I was really, I don't get angry at people. I just, it's not worth the effort, right? And plus, if they don't know I'm angry at them, then I give them power. So that's stupid. Anyways, I was really pissed at somebody. And, uh, I thought of that person during that. And my arms were like, you pressed down. Boom. And then I thought of my family, my kids, my, you know, thinking of, uh, and, and boom, I was so strong. And I do this. I always give you credit. Russell tell you, we always had uh, Dr. Perry, this, Dr. Perry, that Dr. Perry, this and that. That's because you taught me so much. But when we do that, this was a life changing moment for uh, a young lady in Toronto well, a little over a year ago, and Russ was with me. Uh, she was focusing in on something really negative. Yeah. And it happened to be afterwards, we found out is that her brother had been killed in a tragic accident, both of them in their 20s, like a month or two earlier. But what came out of that is when she was thinking, feeling positive emotion, she was strong. We couldn't, we couldn't break her. Yeah. I think. Russ might have done that with her. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter, but he was there. He saw it. And and so we went through this whole thing of talking about the power of the uh, limbic system and it's connected to all the other shit. Sorry, folks. I said a yeah. bad word. It's true, though. And and it's so powerful. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, how our thoughts and our emotions can, they can make us and they can break us. They, they really can. Your thoughts become things and how you think changes your biology. And uh, that's next to lymphatics, you know, finding visceral work, organ work and working yeah. with the emotional systems of the body has um, been the three biggest things by far in, in my entire <laughs> career. And I had the same response when, you know, I learned that little test to, uh, you know, uh, basically if we have a minute, we can tell people about it, right? Yeah. Where it, it, somebody had done it to me and basically you, uh, you would, you could test the strength of any muscle on the body. You can do any position, but they had me put my arm straight up on my side and then lock really strong. And then they pressed down on my arms really hard to try to press my arms down to the floor. And just to get a baseline of what it was like <clears throat> of my strength. And then, they had me now focus on a negative aspect in my life. It could be a person, it could be an event, it could be something that um, is very toxic and negative or heart wrenching. And you focus on that, not just for a short period of time, it's literally just seconds. Yeah. And then they would put my arms out again and then it would have me resist it. And I had no strength to resist the pressure at all. Mm -hmm. I, I immediately... My whole body just shut down its energy. And then they said, okay, well, let's reverse that. And then you have to wipe the slate clean of the negative one. And then you focus on a, a joyful time in your life, something that lightens your heart. It could have been a relationship. It could have been someone you're thinking about that's passed on that brought you joy, anything. Mm -hmm. And then you focus in on that and then they test you again and you typically cannot budge the person at all. They're stronger than they were for the original one. Yeah. And sure. you can't move them. They're like a rock. And then they go, what? That's crazy. And they say, hold on, it's even better. And so then you say, I want you to think of that bad person again. And immediately you press them down, they go like a stone. Like in an instant, they have more energy in the body and then they have less energy in the body just by thought because yeah. thoughts become things and it's very interesting where <clears throat> you know because people see that and then they're like oh you know that's crazy and i'm like well not really when you understand physiology and stuff that they're seeing with with how thoughts change uh tissue mm -hmm. and Somebody said to me once, well, isn't that just a placebo effect? And I'm like, well, it's placebo and a nocebo. It's both, which means that you can feel worse based on how somebody talks to you, the things that they say to you or what you say to yourself. You can make yourself worse. That's called nocebo effect, which happens a lot in medicine. Mm. Then you can have a placebo effect, which is actually where you can think that you feel better and you think you feel stronger and you do. So it's both, right? You can, you can have placebo and no placebo. Those are powerful. Those are powerful tools in your overall healing process, right? Yeah. And I do that with my athletes all the time because when I talk to an athlete and I'm like saying now, Imagine how you're going to perform on that field when you let that person you just thought about burrow into your brain. How much mm -hmm. better you think you're going to be able to move or mm -hmm. perform mm -hmm. or do that because your whole body just 
shut down. And that's a huge takeaway for them when they get it, because now you feel you have some power, some control over that. And you do. And what changed? What you chose to focus on. What you chose to focus on. Really interesting. I'd, two thoughts real quick. When we do the, the, the pushing down when they're engaged in a positive emotion or thought to think about something good and they're stronger. One comment we get off, and I'm sure you do too, is, well, you're just not pushing as hard. Right. So trust me, I could practically hang on these person's arms. Yeah. I'm pushing harder than I ever did on this person. And the other thing too is uh, speaking of the effect it has, the day after you did that to me, uh, my friend Jordan Chambron was with me at that event. And uh, I was staying down with her at her place in uh, Colorado Springs. And so the next day, it's a Monday, I remember. It's a beautiful day and whatever. And we're climbing up the Manitou Incline. So if you're not familiar with that, it's a very, very, almost one mile, very humbling climb of you know railroad ties up and really steep angle. And that was my, because uh, I like numbers and I don't know why, I just remember numbers but I, that was my seventh trip up over the that year actually because i'd been out there like two or three times that year already so i'm bitching and moaning about that person that i was thinking about who pissed me off uh, and i'm on my seventh trip up with uh jordan and her uh boyfriend we're going up we're like halfway up she looks at me and she says dude you're bitching and moaning because I was bitching and moaning about this. My slowest time up the incline. I was weak. I was like out of breath. She says, we're going to, we're going to stop here. You're going to get your shit together and stop talking. Stop thinking about this person. Don't you remember what Dr. Perry said and what he did <laughs> and what happened yesterday? I'm like, Oh my God. Yes. We wait five, 10 minutes. And then I seriously, I flew up the rest of this thing about a half a mile made my best time felt liberated because i had let it go yeah and you know and then i had a discussion with that person and uh actually everything was fine i actually had a discussion at the top of the incline while i was resting i decided i'm going to give her a call hey what's up yeah you know, i read so a great really quote cool. some of, uh, energy was wasted on my end thinking oh, something a- that that really like was a fraction of the magnitude that i i gave it yeah well it's all about it's about the energy man it it really is and i i i can't remember i'm not going to get this exactly right but it was a quote that i read that said positive thinking might not work but negative thinking definitely does yeah that's true it does work yeah wow man (laughs) so well listen um, we should probably wrap up. Yeah, it was fun, man. Thank oh, you. I had a, I, I don't really want to, I just have something to do in uh, a few minutes here to be somewhere down the road, but uh, I had a blast. Great. Me too. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. I want to thank you uh, for those of you who, uh, uh, can I ask about your book? Yeah. So yeah, mine's been five years in the making for sure. Uh, I was originally supposed to put my Stop Chasing Pain book out, but um, I, it's coming though, right? Yeah. I, I wrote the other day that it, it didn't come out because 
it's a different book now than when I was originally going to write it because oh, of what I, what I've gone through with my suffering. I so I needed feeling. to go through some hardship in order to write the book I was meant to write. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, uh, if, if all goes well, it'll come out this year. If my original publisher still doesn't want to do it because they're so fed up with me, I'll probably <laughs> end up self publishing it. But, uh, yeah. And it, it's a, it's, it's stuff that I, was just sharing a lot with everyone here that I didn't know yeah. when I was originally writing the first book. Oh, I can relate to that completely. Really, my book over three years was written three times. The last one, <clears throat> oh, if I had to do it now, I'd write it different, you know? And you got, yeah. So what I wanted to say is, I know you have a book in the works and I can't wait to get it. Um, and I want people to go to stopchasingpain.com. Just yeah. check it out. You know, you can check out the education and the courses. There's so many options there. And the knowledge you're going to get is something that'll stay with you forever. And you can, you'll have access. You just study, 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 try things on yourself. Uh, you've been very generous with your time, your friendship, your knowledge, and you wrote the forward for my book. And you got that done about 16, 18 months before I got the damn book done. <laughs> Like, yeah, it was funny because I got yours done and I can't even get my own book done. So, <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny, man. I, all the contributors to that book were done a year or more before I got my act together. But uh, things happen the way they're supposed to, brother. They do. But if I put out what I was going to put out, it wouldn't be nearly as uh, right. comprehensive, you know. So I'm glad I waited. But Doc, man, I appreciate this. Thank you so much. Great to see you, my friend. And uh, you know. You're doing great stuff, brother. Keep it I up. I appreciate that. Thanks. I had a good time. And thanks so much, anyone who was uh, tuning on. And if you do swing by uh, on Stop Chasing Pain. Uh, yeah, go there. Yep. I'll have a link in the description and all that kind of stuff, too. So drive some traffic there. You got to check it out. You bet. All right, my friend. I appreciate this very much. Take care. Happy New Year. You too. We'll be in touch. Bye. All right, buddy. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>